0: Into a submarine. Oh, I can't, submarine. <laughs> I can't say submarine. I can't say submarine. I can't say it. Sound, speeding,
1: camera, rolling. Scene 15. Take 303, Mark. Welcome to Take 303, Powered by Four Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinary.
2: I'm JP Brooks. Today we're talking film and television. And today we're talking about no heart feelings and easy A.
1: All right, Gene Stupinski's No Hard Feelings stars Jennifer Lawrence, Andrew Barth Feldman, Matthew Broderick, and Scott McArthur.
2: No Hard Feelings stars Jennifer Lawrence as Maddie, a 32-year-old woman who lives in Montauk who is an Uber driver.
1: She just turned 30. Yeah,
2: she just turned 30. After her car gets taken in by the government because she has not paid her property taxes and becomes collateral, she must find a way to get a new car. She sees an ad on Craigslist which says... If you date our son, we will give you a brand new car. Well, we'll give you a car after she agrees to the parents to date the son in order to help him come out of his shell, the two form a relationship. And that's where the movie goes. It only took us four four times because here's what I really want to tell you everybody, okay? She's from Montauk. She's from Montauk and she's from Long Island. Nick, have you ever been to Montauk? I have not. Okay. So just so you know because I've actually rec- I recognize some of the places there because I've been there a couple times. And Montauk is the last town on Long Island. It's the last neighborhood. And so Montauk says the end. That's what it's known for. Montauk. The
1: and end. that's like before you hit the Hamptons kind of
2: area? Or? No, Montauk is the end. Oh, it's it, past the it's Hamptons. It's the oh. end.
1: I always thought the Hamptons was the end.
2: It's pretty deep. But Montauk is literally, I have a t-shirt when I was a kid that said Montauk, the the end. You can't go any further. There's nothing else.
1: Now, knowing that the theme of Montauk is at the end, it feels like thematically that works in the story at from the beginning onwards. Like this is not your traditional rom-com. It's really funny. And I didn't expect it to be. I saw the trailer and, you know, I was laughing, but I thought that was probably going to be like the best parts of the movie. And then it would just like fall flat. But I was pleasantly surprised with how much they kind of held back too. Uh, One scene in particular they definitely couldn't have had in the trailer, but um, I was laughing the whole way through, and I can appreciate a film, a comedy, especially when they do that, because that's your job. Like, uh, the two hardest genres to work in are comedy and horror. If you make a comedy, if you don't hear laughs in the theater, it doesn't work. And if you made a horror film and you don't hear people screaming or jumping or any of that kind of stuff, it didn't work. So other movies can get a flash pass like, you know, Extraction 2. You don't need to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, the whole time through. You just watch it.
2: Ob- it was opening night. There were no lines. Um, we, were,
1: we thought that we were going to be the only ones in the theater.
2: Yeah. So I happened to see that some people were there. Obviously, some Jennifer Lawrence fans or people who maybe like this kind of movie.
1: I think judging from the the audience reactions, they're definitely Jennifer Lawrence fans because we were all taken aback at different parts where jennifer lawrence plays against her character type in hollywood
2: i definitely agree with you it was finer than i thought good writing maybe not good writing but good performances maybe both maybe i can just say both i talked we talked about what's his name scott is that i don't know who scott's the the actor name yeah that guy well done sir i've never i don't think i've seen you anything before but nice job
1: yeah like best friends in a romantic comedy usually you know take a side seat they're there for a few laughs this guy, I was waiting for him to come back every single time.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he really set the uh, he he kind of carries the beginning of the movie.
1: He was like just letting all the intrusive thoughts fly.
2: This movie reminds me a lot of The Way Way Back. I don't know I, if you were thinking that, but I
1: did get those vibes of like a coming of age film and from some of the writing and like the framing of things and even having Matthew Broderick there, it feels somewhat like an 80s movie without being overtly 80s
2: yeah and it feels that the movie is trying definitely tried to sell itself as a romantic comedy i didn't see a lot of trailers but just from the poster alone it looks like it's a romantic comedy in no hard feelings that's like something people say in relationships like a famous line Mm -hmm. so that's like a breakup line or something you say for like disappointment um so it's fascinating because this movie, I would, I, I think it's more of a coming of age movie than it is a rom com. At the end of the day, I don't think it's fair to call this movie a sex comedy. I think that is an injustice.
1: It was literally marketed as a sex comedy. I How- can,
2: can mark. Listen, I marketed me as this very confident, outgoing, charismatic guy. That doesn't mean that's what I feel on the inside. Okay.
1: So if it's not a sex comedy, what is it?
2: It's a coming of age comedy. That's what this movie is. It's a coming of age story. Look where these characters start. Look where they end. Yes, maybe they used the idea of sex because it never actually happens, right? It's hinted Spoiler. at. Spoiler. It's hinted at. It's talked about, and that might be what's going on. But what motivates and changes these characters is the relationship that they have with one another in a non-romantic way. It may feel romantic, you might think it, but it's not actually because you know one person can be invested romantically if the other one's not. That is not a romantic relationship. It takes two to tango. My argument here is that these two people helped each other grow to become what they both needed to be. And they got there together and it was messy and it was not always perfect. And a lot of other things got intertwined and, twi- and you know, tangled. Because even if you take what happens with the kid, like them going into the bedroom, you could replace sex and put any other situation in. Let's say um, she was like his confidence coach or something, like a speech coach. And they've been writing for this fake speech that he's not actually going to give.
1: Like the King's speech or... Yeah, just or whatever. Or do it like Hitch.
2: He, he's Yeah, whatever. And he's supposed to go and do this speech thing. And then he goes, do you have anything to tell me? And then like finds out that this speech is... That we're going to, everybody in there is lying and fake. She doesn't tell him. He goes and gives the speech and it's disheartening. Because they both know. Like, I think you could replace that with anything. It's just way more personal and way more, like, sad and tragic that it, it's... They, they use sex to do it. Because, you know, friendship and, you know, and sex is... You know, when you intermingle that, it's trouble. So, yeah. It's not it's not a sex comedy.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even consider it a rom-com. Like, I saw the trailer uh, before I saw the poster. Mm-hmm. And having seen the poster, I do think that's marketing it improperly.
2: I don't know, what would you put on the poster? Because right now it's just Jennifer Lawrence and the guy, right?
1: Yeah, I would have done it maybe kind of like a bad teacher kind of poster. You know, bad teacher with uh, Cameron Diaz. It looks like she clearly has like a hangover and she's behind her desk at like a yeah. school. And she's like disheveled and Got everything. Yeah, I right. think something like that with her like on top of the buick kind of thing
2: or even him on the car which but that's he's yeah well he's naked when that happens so
1: yeah i mean like he could have been on the car with his clothes on and then she's driving and she's got they're both screaming doing like the comedy like ah you know that kind of thing something something zany
2: yeah it has really good laughs along the way you can tell by the opening scene that you're gonna laugh in this movie just from you know, early on if they're they're really going for it and it's not over slapstick comedy. There is a little bit of that, but not super hardcore.
1: You know, raunchy dialogue, the improv going back and forth, but that that's kinda like today's humor, so it makes sense.
2: And there was some wit in there too. I just think well, maybe smart writing.
1: So I think we both have like the same favorite character, Scott's guy.
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean obviously after him, who is it? J Law. Yeah. Yeah. See what did you think of this um the co lead.
1: He's very competent. I like that they I think it wouldn't have worked with a named actor. Mm. I don't think they could have gotten someone like Tom Holland and like have him do that role.
2: Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is such a big presence on screen. You kinda have to get somebody who's
1: you know, Unknown.
2: I mean they they both end up sharing the end, but really it's more about her, I think. Because we're following from her perspective, mainly.
1: It ends up in that situation of like every kind of 80s and 90s movie where like a character has to like play a part in order to get another character for something that they want. And then halfway through the film, they find out, oh, they didn't like me for me. They wanted something else. And then they break up and then they have like a montage of like how they miss each other and they need each other and then they get back together and that kind of thing. So that's that's where it gets formulated.
2: It does, I, but really the first half of the movie really feels just there's this woman who is trying to make ends meet. I
1: do appreciate how much character work they put in for her, though.
2: They put in character work for both of it, these characters. These are not, like I think of um, Love Again. Like, remember when he says, I love basketball? I'm like, yo, you haven't talked about basketball for 50 minutes of this movie.
1: And then they just click like that.
2: Yeah. This one, not at all. Like, everything felt really natural to what I think the character would do. The only scene that I'm really confused on about this movie, and spoilers, is the whole dinner scene. That's where, like, I was a little, like, I'm not sure what's going on here.
1: So I had the same feeling. It was the motivations that you're confused on, right?
2: A little bit of the motivations, but I I so I liked what they did with it because I definitely didn't see that coming. I don't know about you.
1: I I saw it being a thing, just not the way it went down and how it was handled like in that scene. And I I don't think it's spoiling anything, yeah. but uh we didn't understand if she is like being possessive of him or is like happy for him or wants him to do his thing or, or is like doesn't in want to love
2: with him or yeah, it's so hard to gauge. Right. what's the,
1: she gets mad and you're not even sure what she's mad for.
2: And I don't think she even knows what she's mad about, which I think is
1: problematic.
2: Think, I'm okay with like, I'm happy what they did with it. I'm confused by it, but I really like it. If that makes sense. Okay. I don't understand it. I didn't see it coming, but I liked where it went, not just for the sake of like, wow, that was interesting. Cause I even think when Jennifer Lawrence, that song really changed her, right? They made it very obvious that when he plays that, and uh, you know what I think, here's what I think. And I think it was one of the more like moving scenes for me was that she realized like, wow, this kid has grown. And she knows that she's played a part in that. And now she feels connected to him, but she also like maybe is living with the guilt of really how this all came to about, how this all came about. And she knows ultimately she like, she kind of has to let him go. So this connection she feels she's hurt. And then this girl who shows up is a reminder to her that like, yeah, he's gonna leave. So I think she feel I think it's just conflict in her. It's like, I wish it wasn't fake. I wish we could be friends. I wish we could hang out. But I know you have to leave, but I also know we can't also date too because that would be a lie. So I think it's just a lot of – I I see a lot of conflicted emotions there. And that's what I like about it because I don't understand the motivation because I don't think she understands the motivation. Because I don't know how else to write that. And I think what they did was great. I know that was long, but –
1: No, I mean that's the exact reason we have this podcast to talk about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I can go off on tangents. What do you – do you get anything out of what I just said because I said
1: a lot. I I did and I think it plays off of what we said earlier is that it isn't your general rom-com that there's a lot of depth to Jennifer Lawrence's character as well as the the other uh the guy role the coming of age vibes we got wasn't particularly for even him he's a 19-year-old that's going off to college she's a oh, just turned 30, 30. uh 32 <laughs> a uh, woman who also technically hasn't grown up.
2: It's a fascinating movie.
1: But the ending does definitely feel like a, just like a friendship kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be, I think he's like, when she asks, do you want to be my boyfriend? She goes, no. Like, we just got over the, I don't want to meet, yeah. It's not because I don't think he's interested, it's just like, really? Like, now? No. So many expectations for movies have been just so bizarre. And I haven't even watched trailers, but it's like Jennifer Lawrence and a dude, rom-com. All right, here's what I'm going to get. If you're
1: thinking Silver Linings Playbook, you're not.
2: It, this movie has a very somber tone. I'm laughing, but it's sad. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, you're laughing at, like, misfortune.
2: And I, I guess when I say somber, it's like, nothing feels really fast-paced. Everything feels kind of mellow and slow. They let you sit in the awkwardness. They let you sit in the uncomfortability.
1: Because it's an awkward kind of setup, also. Like, the fact that there's a Craigslist listing to date our son
2: yeah but there's no zane like as crazy as it sounds there's like no zaniness
1: yeah it was more grounded
2: yeah very grounded good is that the word good it was a grounded movie nick for sure
1: no as you're saying yeah i i could see how like if this was like a you know a regular rom-com i could see like her like trying to kiss him and like falling off a balcony or something like that and falling down a hill and like fixing herself up with some pop music in the background. It, it makes sense. I see what you're saying.
2: Am I a sucker for coming of age? Is that my genre?
1: I think he's finding it. i okay. um, So standout scenes.
2: Uh, when she goes to the party, completely lost. Don't know where we are. Don't know why we're there. Just, I think that whole sequence of them going on the date to them going to the limo. I think that's the crux of the movie. Like to me, that's the climax. That's the big moment
1: i mean ascending climax
2: ascending something you literature people know what i'm talking about um yeah i'm gonna be thinking a lot about this movie more than i think probably other people will i kind of want to watch it again is there something wrong with me
1: this is two we- yeah. two weeks in a row where uh flat i'm talking about flash and this and the expectations were all over the place i didn't expect it I expect to like it this much and then at the same time i still have no idea where i'm gonna go with this rating oh
2: yeah completely lost
1: it it i'm stuck between two numbers but i really don't know which one i'm gonna go for i'm stuck um, between
2: four numbers <laughs> I think I, it's not a one it could be anything after that i don't know
1: my favorite scene obviously the beach <laughs> fight is hysterical <laughs> yeah. and something that i we have to do like a thing at the end of the year, like most surprising scenes of all time. And and I that's feel gotta like be that. That's holding place. down number one right now. Yeah. But I think another really funny, not funny scene, but a really interesting scene, uh, was when they start actually communicating to each other, and they're, and and the kid is like, "Yeah, you know, his life isn't perfect, and he, you know, he was staying inside because of bullying and stuff like that," and she was saying like you know, she stayed here and she didn't move to New York and do all the things that she wanted to do and then starts talking about her father. I think that was probably, like, the emotional point, the most emotional scene that I liked. Mm.
2: So what are your problems with this movie?
1: I'm going to have to say maybe it's... I don't know if tone's the right word, but maybe pacing?
2: That's where I was actually going to go to.
1: I think the movie is doing a lot of different things and blending genres that it kind of loses itself particularly at the dinner scene i think it starts like i feel like it doesn't know what it wants to be if there is like a fault in the movie it's that it can't pick a genre and stay in that lane or it can't move through the genres fluidly enough
2: well i'll tell you this much if you want a movie that's going to surprise you and you don't really know where it's going to go this is the movie
1: if you had to recommend somebody a movie if they were a fan of No Hard Feelings, what would it be?
2: Huh. I'm not sure I've ever seen a movie have I seen a movie like this? I don't know if yeah, I know. I don't
1: know every movie you've seen.
2: Yeah, well <laughs> that's true. I haven't seen a lot, so.
1: I got the sitter with Jonah Hill.
2: Tell me about it while I look it up.
1: So it was kind of like a spin-off. Not a spinoff, but a reimagining of adventures in babysitting. Jonah Hill plays a babysitter, if you could imagine that. Mm-hmm. And he's babysitting three kids and his girlfriend uh, I remember the trailer for this needs yeah. like...
2: Oh, because she wants drugs?
1: Yeah, something like that. Like a drug pickup?
2: Yeah. Agrees to babysit a neighbor's three freakish children, Slater and Rodrigo. Coerced to score some drugs for Marissa in exchange for sex, no one must make the terrible trio along on a wild odyssey through New York.
1: So that's where I, I see this going is because reading out that synopsis it's a weird plot. It's a little crazy in different areas. You wouldn't see things like that mesh together and I feel like that that would be comparable.
2: I wonder how this movie going to get reviewed.
1: Like As soon as I walk out of the theater I'm thinking about Letterboxd. And I'm thinking, what number is it going to be? And I'm usually good at guessing the Letterbox reviews.
2: All right. Well, I have it ready. I'm.
1: I'm. I'm gonna put out a prediction. Yeah. It's like a 2.9. Really? That's what I'm thinking Letterbox is gonna do, and I don't think it will go higher than 3.2.
2: Okay. I like. I like Rotten Tomatoes. Mhm. So a 2.0, a 3.0, would be like a 60, because every every point's 20. So you think it's gonna be just below a 60? Which a 2.9 technically for Rotten Tomatoes is, uh, is bad.
1: I actually want to just give us a, a shout out because we've been doing uh, Alpine, Outside the Alpine. We haven't come up with a name for this just yet, but we've been interviewing moviegoers outside the Alpine as as we see the movies. And our system of rating has gotten some praise that we do out of five, no halves. And most people understand it and they, they love it. Uh but I can't help but look at it somehow other people rate movies and they rate them out of 10 or they rate them out of a hundred. I'm like, where are you getting these metrics from? I feel like while we were talking about it, I feel in a lot of ways it was similar to Ted in, in, uh, in comedy, but not in structure where I feel like Ted has a better structure. So final thoughts and ratings.
2: Man, I'm just so perplexed by this movie. Like this one really got me. I didn't. I was not planning on going to the movie theater today to see Jennifer Lawrence, and like genuinely be just confused
1: and see that much of her.
2: There are sometimes we go to a movie and I'm like, okay, Nick got a lot out of this. I didn't. I, this is definitely like, did you see that? Like I looked and was like, did you see this coming? Because I didn't.
1: Uh, people should definitely go see it. it. is a hilarious movie, very raunchy, uh, a lot of surprises. So don't watch the trailer it is very it spoils a lot of different things. But like, yeah, it's such a hard pick because I was somewhere in between a 2 and a 3. And I think for the amount of laughs that I got out of it, I'm going to give it a 3. Okay. Now JP, you've been kind of off the wall with your ratings lately, particularly at The Flash and and Spider-Man and Transformers <laughs> really. Uh you three in a row, so uh I'm dying to know what you're going for. <laughs> uh,
2: I can tell you this. The only issue I have with this movie is sort of the pacing thing we talked about. Maybe felt a little long because it just has to... But I, I'm having a good time. I'm laughing. I'm genuinely interested where this is going to go. It's a character story, which clearly I've learned, I've learned on this podcast. I care about characters and their arcs and their stories, not necessarily cool explosions and spider webs. So that being said this is my kind of movie it's not perfect it's a four
1: i could i could see how you get that
2: yeah i really at one point when i left mike this movie's at two but it really was all over the place but i i'm if a movie can surprise me if a movie can do something different because even if it it does i mean everything always ends up falling to the same genre form we we took a weird way to get there and we took turns to get us there that i did not expect so definitely a four
1: and out of curiosity, you looked at Letterbox. What is the current score? Oh, no, I didn't. I just, you didn't. I right. thought you did.
2: So let's take a look. Drumroll. Drumroll. Uh, wait, where's Letterbox? Okay, there it is. Letterbox. I have to tell no hard feelings and leave a very interesting review. Okay, Nick, what was your prediction on 2.9?
1: I said it's going to be somewhere between a 2.9 and a 3.2. I'd lean 2.9, though.
2: It is a three point three right now, wow. right out of your range.
1: Wow, just right, right on the costume.
2: Right, I give the rating I want, not the rating. Movies yeah, deserve. I
1: I think that was very understood in many of our ratings, <laughs> <Yeah>. particularly mine. <laughs> yeah. That we don't rate things for like artistic purposes. We rate them on how we feel and and how we vibe with them.
2: And some movies, if I feel like there's, and I think this one, I gave it because I like the artistic. Because when you make a turn or a choice, it's an artistic choice ultimately at the end of the day. So you call it whatever you want, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I hope this gets to a 3.5, and I'm going to help it by giving it a 4.
1: You should spike that with a 5.
2: I'm not going to spike it. That would be lying. How do you, I don't even know how you do it. Okay. And
1: while Joe's inflating the numbers, we are going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we
0: will be talking about Easy A in a world where chris hemsworth can't save everyone you've seen him save a small boy then save a family then you've seen him save a mafia family but in extraction 5 everything takes a turn for the worse when someone from his past comes to haunt him it's the toretto family they've got cars he's got explosions he can hide behind a ladder they can drive through one watch vin diesel drive over chris hemsworth's leg, shatter it into a million pieces and after two minutes of a doctor looking at him he'll get right back up and fight back again some side character from another movie dying coming back to life dying again reanimating themselves and coming back coming this summer here comes Nicolas cage with a steel chair the fast the furious extraction of transformer superman flashpoint revenge of the fallen sith and this time Nobody's safe for the 10th time. Explosions, racing, 500 guns that can't hit anybody. One small rock to take them down. CGI cameos from E.T., Wally, and every other robot you've seen. Every awesome moment spoiled in the trailer, ruining every joke, every surprise guest, and every action sequence. We went and found the only man with a big enough family to direct this movie, Nick Cannon. Hold on to your seat, because we don't know where the fuck we're going either. Just like these movies, this trailer will never end.
2: This podcast is powered and sponsored by 4Ray Media. 4Ray Media takes everyday life and turns it into a cinematic experience. Whether you're a business who's looking to make an ad, or maybe some social media reels, Maybe you're having a wedding or a special event. Fortway Media can capture all of that with their high level of cinematography, photography, and videography. Sign up today. Find them on fortwaymedia.com and book them before time runs out. I don't know why time would run out, but do it.
1: All right, and we're back, and we're talking 2010's Easy A, directed by Will Gluck, starring Emma Stone, Penn Bagley, Amanda Bynes, Thomas Hayden Church, Patricia Clarkson, Lisa Kudrow, Malcolm McDowell, Ali Mashaka, and Stanley Tucci.
2: Easy A follows Emma Stone's character, Olive Pendergast, a self-proclaimed unknown, unspecial student who becomes famous or infamous, rather, in the school after a rumor spreads that she slept with a community college student. She is perceived as floozy, and now all the intention is on her. Sooner or later, guys begin approaching her, asking her, to say that she slept with them in order to gain popularity and favor for all different kinds of reasons she agrees however she cannot keep up the act for long and that's where we're going to leave it
1: i i asked you to figure out the movie to pair no hard feelings with and knowing nothing about no hard feelings you just shouted out easy a
2: i think krista actually is the one who oh she was in the background said yeah
1: okay because while watching the two, I watched Easy A this morning on a rewatch. Yeah, I can see a lot of comparisons because looking back at Easy A, it is, it is also another weird kind of movie.
2: Yeah, it's coming of age, not a rom-com. Yeah. yeah.
1: It uses the idea of sex as like a theme uh, in the background, but it's mostly about coming of age. And I think it handled a lot really well. I think it was very quirky. I think it had a lot of Juno vibes, in a sense. It was very fast-paced. It never, like, let up. Um, I do have some minor critiques of it. And I was wondering one thing in particular for you, because I know it's always, like, a thing that annoys you. How did you feel about the narration?
2: Um, I was okay with it. I didn't hate it. But I wasn't pleased by it.
1: At the start of it, I was like, oh, JP's going to hate these narrations. I know that, because... So far any movie that's been narrated or has a narrator, you're just like fucking narrators. But this one I feel like since it was so intertwined with the story in terms of where it's heading and where that narration comes from, I think it gets a flash pass.
2: Yeah, I think that's how I feel ultimately. I didn't want to I almost didn't want to say that cuz it felt like cheating, but I I guess the only the only place I was going to go is that because it kind of comes back to the end you understand why it's being narrated. It kind of gets a pass i think
1: yeah and i feel like this movie oozes the vibes of 2010 yeah like we were in high school at the time so we really understand a lot of what's going on socially and we understand the the fashion choices and we understand Mm -hmm. the gritty webcams we we know the the vibes of the vlogs
2: unfortunately yeah they they depict so many things right
1: And it's also another movie that evokes a love for the 80s. Mm -hmm. The
2: character loves the 80s, yeah.
1: But even the the character, but also the style of the movie, Mm. plays a lot like a coming-of-age film from the 80s, especially since they reference that they want to be a part of those coming-of-age movies like The Breakfast Club and Mm -hmm. Sixteen Candles.
2: Even though they try to say, yeah, like, it's so funny. It's trying to advertise itself as a love story, references these movies the love parts right a guy being outside her window holding a boombox it's that but if you really look at those movies a lot of them are coming of age
1: just like no hard feelings EZA is not a rom-com
2: no Uh, it's about a young girl in high school trying to navigate you know all the things that come with being in high school people worried about sex people worried about their image people worried about their sexual image
1: which is funny because looking back at it now when the first rumor starts I'm like okay like that shouldn't be a big deal but then I realize oh they're in high school so like it's amplified yeah what are some standout actors in this
2: well okay I'm just gonna say I don't know if it I love the parents in this movie <laughs> uh.
1: see I was I love them but I'm also casually annoyed by how liberal they are with their parenting.
2: See, you took it as liberal parenting? Why do you take it as liberal parenting? I'm just curious.
1: I don't mean liberal in the sense of politics. I mean liberal in the sense of, like, they. it gave off the sense that they really didn't care and they put a lot of trust into the kid to do things on their own. And it felt like they weren't, like, guiding in a sense. It felt like they were guiding but not, like controlling which i feel like most parents are like for example their kid gets you know sent to the principal's office they're not they're not faced they already know that she did nothing wrong and they agree with her that whatever she did was probably right morally
2: i just think they're giving her the benefit of the doubt like a track record
1: that's what i'm saying like but i feel like the whole movie they give her the benefit of the doubt and they're like they see a lot of warning signs about things that she like hints towards them and they really don't paid any mind and then even when she has the heart to heart with the mom the mom's like whoo my high school day is like shh.
2: yeah there's some of that there i i do
1: like in mean yeah. girls like they're the cool mom and dad
2: yeah but i don't see it's funny because anytime the cool mom and dad is portrayed it's always in a negative light because their parenting is awful i think this is a cool mom and dad and the parenting is decent because it seems like one, they're genu- genuinely interested in their daughter and like her life, but she's at that age of being a teenager, so they don't want to pry too much. So it feels like a bad balance, but probably, yeah, if it was like actual parenting and done, probably they probably would have been like, hey, you can't be.
1: When I mentioned like the quirkiness of the characters, I feel like, um, Olive in particular, and they, they, it's very self aware where either she says it or other characters say it that she doesn't talk like a teenager she talks like an adult because you know that's where the writing is from and then a lot of the characters don't talk like how those kinds of characters should talk in real life um particularly with the parents like uh i was laughing hysterically when stanley tucci just looks at the adopted son and is like what country are you from (laughs) like (laughs) That's not at all what a parent, uh, the parent in that situation I would
2: wish they ask. Would. I, I mean, that was so funny.
1: I mean, my dad could have probably done yeah. that, but I'm saying, like, I feel like there's a level to which it is stylized, where it is nowhere near realistic in that sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, no parents are like the parents are way too stressed out to <laughs> constantly just stressed out to be like chilling, like have yeah, fun, laugh, laugh.
1: Um, and then, like, if we talk about, like, Lisa Kudrow, the guidance counselor, and how fast she breaks, completely unrealistic, it was just to move the pacing along.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's another, I think, rom-com promoted, but not really executed. Because there is romance in it between her and the guy that she wants, which is Joe from...
1: Yeah, um, I just, I didn't even realize it until he was not in Blue, And then I was like, wait, it's the guy from you and he looks like Superman. Why on earth are people discounting him as just the the mascot? Like, yeah. And then it dives down a rabbit hole of like, why does everybody in the school discount Emma Stone as like a regular girl?
2: I think Emma Stone has a weird face though. The eyes? The mouth.
1: The mouth. I've never heard that one before.
2: (laughs) Is it the eyes? that what I have? Pro- like, her face I think is interesting. The
1: eyes are big. I know that. Hold on. Let me
2: take a look here. Take
1: a gander. Take a let gander me, at Let me look that. at Emma
2: Stone real quick.
1: The voice.
2: No, it's just her face, dude. She's got a big forehead. Like, I don't... I... I'm not trying to insult Emma Stone here. It's just... I, think she's I mean, just, if Emma
1: Stone is watching the pod, you know... Yeah. It if, was all him.
2: I think Emma Stone has a strange face in the way I have a strange sense of dark humor and oftentimes will say things that i can't say on the podcast because it gets edited out
1: so I just, I just find it interesting that like emma stone and Penn bagley are just playing like the regular types
2: well you find them incredibly like you think they're way too attractive to be in high school
1: yeah like to not be like part of the popular group
2: i think they're both very plain looking joe from you i don't think is i think he actually looks like a regular dude
1: he kept looking like superman in this movie at least to me, uh, I thought
2: he. I think we, you and I, have both different tastes in men and women. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like you think Joe? For, I think he's weird looking. Like, I, listen, I'm now, I'm no per, like, look, like, look at me. I, I'm no person to talk about who looks weird. I just think Joe looks weird. Neither of us. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think he looks better with the. Does he look better with the beard or not? No, he's
2: just got a long face. It's like Emma Stone. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> Look how long that face is. Look at it. <laughs> it's a long face.
1: He needs the beard. That's why.
2: Maybe I just like small faces. On men? On everybody. <laughs> the thing.
1: I think like they needed to do something in term. I felt like that annoyed me that like she wasn't dressed like uh, Anne Hathaway in the beginning of like Princess Diaries.
2: Another movie I've never seen. What, what do you like about this movie, movie, Nick?
1: I like how tongue-in-cheek it was. I thought it it felt more of like a spoof of the movies that it was trying to do. Mm. And I do like its originality in the plot. I think it was funny uh, how they used uh, that kind of storyline to tell a coming-of-age story. And I knew right away that it wasn't a rom-com. And it's funny how we were struggling to find a movie that we could relate to no hard feelings. And if anything, I think it would be this, except a PG-13 version.
0: Yeah,
2: definitely Definitely PG-13 version. Yeah. But I
1: think it just has a lot of likability. The characters are very likable. Even the ones that are, like, doing her wrong, like Amanda Bynes' character. And to see how Amanda Bynes just, like, spiraled. Like, I just Googled her this morning to see, like, is she okay? And apparently she uh, her her stay in rehab got extended again. She's mm-hmm. put on psychiatric hold. The best parts about this movie is that the stakes were always raised. And they felt fair and justifiable like it didn't go crazy it didn't go off the edge where i feel like no hard feelings did i feel like this went in a very linear fashion but at the same time was still able to surprise us in where we went because if you went into easy a without knowing the plot line to it it can take you by surprise in where it's headed you think you know where it's going and then it, it keeps doubling down and even the the layer of the rumors like i've seen this movie before i probably haven't seen it in a few years i mean it's always on like tbs or something like that like on a saturday afternoon having not seen it for a while i wasn't with every single step like i didn't know when it was going to happen or what was Mm going to happen in particular i even forgot about like you know who the 22 year old is with and um it's it still you know engaged me like I didn't know I couldn't guess what was going to happen next and I think I liked that part of it.
2: One of the things I liked or enjoyed it a lot about is that yeah it's genuinely funny. You know how often rom coms are like you just feel the rise. You're like good if we do this they're gonna laugh, and this the movie doesn't feel like that they're just it's funny it's good performances are very good I think uh, I think a standout for me. May- Amanda Bynes is, re- is really good in this movie. You're right. I also like her friend a lot,
1: Ali Mashaka?
2: Yeah, I think like she she played her role like to the T. And normally, like if in a movie like this, like choosing a guy over your friend and stuff like that, like the friends always end up getting hurt. They just kind of fought really early on. I, I kind of like that.
1: One of my gripes, I think, with this is that I think in certain areas it played a very safe. I think maybe it was the PG thirteen aspect to it. But I found myself laughing out loud more at no hard feelings than I did at EZA. I just found things like amusing, and maybe once in a while I was like, huh. and then like that's it. But like, I didn't find myself laughing hysterically.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. I have uh, I think I'd seen parts of EZA. I never actually saw it in its entirety, so it was nice to see it all at once. Um, did
1: you Did you know the plot line before the rewatch?
2: A lot of things. Yeah, I knew. There's a lot of movies, I think, where I, I pick up pieces along the way. I forget what movie it was. I never saw it from start to end. By the way, iRobot is free on YouTube. I don't know if I said this in the last recording. iRobot is free on YouTube right now. Go watch it. Um, I don't really have anything too negative to say about this movie.
1: It is an ensemble cast. Is there anybody in the cast you feel is lacking?
2: Maybe Lisa Kudrow? Is that wrong to say?
1: Just Defend.
2: I just don't care.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe I'm guessing because her character is so unrealistic. Yeah. In their motivations, not uh, in their motivations, more so in their reactions that you don't really feel for her.
2: Yeah. Maybe when we try to have some sort of character in the in Amanda Bynes' boyfriend, that's probably where I'm like, okay, let's stop here. We're good. But.
1: <laughs> but I do like the uh, the depth they gave to. Uh, her relationship uh emma stone with amanda Bynes.
2: yeah that was also really good yes yeah, movie does some interesting things like the fin- the friends fight early she sort of makes a new friend but then they kind of have to split up because of whatever and then the bully the typical bully character kind of gets involved in the plot so it's pretty interesting
1: it was very much it felt like a a situational comedy in a sense mm-hmm Where the same way like in a sitcom where one thing affects the other thing and then the characters have to like adapt to that. It felt like that for like a, it was a very brisk 90 minutes kind of movie.
2: Yeah, this is, um, yeah, and when you talk about stakes, yeah, it just feels like things are spiraling out of control. And that's what I like about like movies about lies. What's really good about it is that's like the genuine, yeah, things always just spiral out of control whether you want it to or not. And it feels very, I think we've all lied as teenagers to seem cool in some way, even though in this case, it's not really Emma Stone's fault necessarily.
1: That's that's another thing is that she didn't intentionally, like a lot of people make like a, a choice and take a leap of faith and do something that spirals out of control. She said something kind of indirectly I mean, directly to a friend, but then it got overheard and it got twisted and turned and she didn't deny it. She rolls with it. Yeah, she rolls with it and then it it spirals out of control. So I think I like the idea that she didn't intentionally put it out there. She let it go, but now it, it went too far and now she has to keep up with these lies.
2: Yeah, and rather than fight against, it seizes the opportunity.
1: Also, at the same time, there's a lot of empowerment in the movie. The... The film is loosely based on the Scarlet Letter and makes a lot of references to that and the movies that uh, it was adapted into. But a lot of the decisions she makes that causes her lies to get bigger and spiral is for her wanting to help people, Mm. not necessarily to make her look cool, which I feel like uh, it definitely makes her redeemable. It makes her a more likable character that she's always trying to help someone. So she tells a lie and then the lie spirals out. And then she has to tell another lie to help someone else. So it's never... I don't think she...
2: Like I'm never rooting against her, are you? No. Yeah. No, you're you always
1: on her side. You always understand where she's coming from. And she's <laughs> very likable in that sense. Okay. I think we're good for final thoughts and ratings.
2: Final thoughts and ratings. I'll go first. Easy A is a, another movie that maybe when you look at the cover, you think it's one thing and then it's definitely not. I actually... Um, I think this is a decent... I actually would encourage people, like, younger kids to watch this movie a little bit. I, You know, high schoolers in particular, I think it's a good movie uh, to watch. I think it's a go-to for a lot of people, I want to say. Maybe, I feel like amongst my friends, for whatever reason, I associate this with one of my friends in particular and kind of our group. I, yeah, so... This is another one where I don't really know where to rank it. So I think, sort of what you said, I think you've already hinted it, like, It just feels
0: basic
2: because it doesn't hide itself well. Like you realize really quickly, this is not a rom-com. It's a coming of age where I feel like no hard feelings did a better job of hiding it. And you kind of figure it out as you go. This one just feels like a very standard 2010s comedy. doesn't wow me, doesn't shock me. And if this really contradicts anything I said before, oh well, but part of me wants to give it a four, part of me wants to give it a three. I don't want to give two fours in a row, but that really shouldn't matter. If I think it's a four, it's a four. So, Nick, what do I do here? Four for Amanda Bynes. I think, yeah. You know what? I am, there's enough turns in here that I, it doesn't surprise. I guess, hmm, so annoying. Something surprised me. Some things don't. I do like where they decide to go with some of the story elements. So, I'm going to give a four. I don't care if there's two fours in a row. That's fine. I think that's fair. Okay.
1: And, I mean, I think we were struggling around the same numbers because... My review is very similar to yours, just different rating. Yeah. Um, I feel it's a very average movie. I feel like it doesn't do anything special, but it's still it it plays the hits really nicely. And I think it's a very if I had to say it, it was anything, I think it's like a comfort film, like a like a guilty pleasure like you could put it on. It's not Oscar worthy, it's not bad. It's just good. It's like something you just watch on like a Saturday afternoon kind of thing. And I think it does kind of still hold its own with other coming-of-age movies. I think it's very self-aware. It's very smart in that sense. I think you can get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's very amusing. But I'm stuck between a three and a four.
2: Welcome to my world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And... I think I'm going to have to quote you and say that it's a high three.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's a three. It's a three. It's
1: a three. Uh, I'm going to say it's a three because I think it's just average. I feel like if you had to compare this, like, it's not a rom-com. But if you had to compare it to a rom-com and compare it to something like Crazy Stupid Love, it's 100% a three. Like, Crazy Stupid Love is a five, and this would be a three. But if you had to compare it to coming-of-age movies – I feel like Breakfast Club is a five, Ferris Bueller is a five, and this is kind of like evoking those vibes, not quite doing it on its own. So I'm going to say that's why it's at a three.
2: You just convinced, I, you just convinced, it's a three, you're right.
1: No, no, you can't, you can't go back. I can't go back. You can't go back.
2: (laughs) Dang, because I think you're right. I hate going first. All right, I'll stick with my four. I'm going to stay with it, but I think you're right. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking of, like, Coming of Age, Way, Way Back, Ferris Bueller, um, All the One, Club. Super bad. Super bad. Might be a four for me, but we'll talk about that another day. Then it's, like, No Hard Feelings, I think, sets the bar for four. And I don't think Easy A reaches it. Yeah, because I'd much rather watch Heart No Hard Feelings again. Maybe it's recency bias? Easy A is not real. It's hyper, uh...
1: Hyper realistic. Hyper realistic. Like, like how Juno's not real. Or Napoleon right. Dynamite's and not I real. don't
2: like that. I don't like that. So I really, no, I'd like, Nick, I'd like to change it to a two or three. I think you're right.
1: All right. I'll, I'll grant you that, that option.
2: Don't ever let me do this again. <laughs> it's like a low four, high three. <laughs> This has been an episode of Take 303. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Make sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast and check out our Instagram, Fortway underscore media. This month of June has been crazy with movies. Lots of movies coming out. So that's why this week's poll question is... In the past month, what has been your favorite summer blockbuster to come out? We're going to have probably about seven options on there, so choose from them. We're going to choose the most popular ones, obviously, that have come out this month. We'd love to hear which one is yours. And this week's question of the week is, which movie surprised you? What is one of your favorite movies that surprised you? Maybe had a genre blend? Thanks. Have a good one.